Welcome to another edition of San Joaquin Spotlight, a public affairs program featuring life in the central San Joaquin Valley. We're broadcasting on CMAC, Comcast 93, and AT&T UVerse 99 in the Fresno Clovis area. We're also broadcasting in the Valley on radio, Talk Radio 1550 KXEX. Our guest this week comes from Madeira. And I met him last year uh, during my campaign. As you all know, I ran for office last year. But I met him, got to know him a little bit, and I really, really enjoyed our conversation. Mr. Bobby Kahn, welcome to the program. Thank you, Sabag, and thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. So, you know, I travel on the 41 going north to Madeira up to the mountain. We were just out in the Oak Oakhurst area uh, last weekend, actually, and Madeira is growing. Before we get to a little bit about you, talk about Madeira. How big and how fast are you all growing out there? Well, the growth of Madeira, Madeira County, is is very robust. We're one of the fastest growing counties per capita in the state of California, and it doesn't look like anything is going to slow down in the near future. As you said, if you traveled along 41, you saw both the Riverstone subdivision and the Tesero Viejo subdivision, both are planned communities that will be building thousands and thousands of homes over the next 10 to 20 years. So we have a very bright future, uh, a growth focused future uh, in Madera County. Did you foresee 10 years ago this growth in Madera? Because I feel like this past maybe five years, things kind of just is, are exploding for Madera. Right. Well, as my job is economic development, uh, executive director of the Madera County Economic Development Commission, um, you know, we were behind the scenes on a lot of it. And we knew a lot of this was going on. So uh, to some degree, it does not surprise me because we knew both Riverstone uh, previously was Calson Cook and Tessera Viejo were both going through intensive entitlement processes that took several years, uh, Castle and Cook really about 20, 25 years to go through the same, to, to go through the entire entitlement process. And really it was Tim Jones with Riverstone that put it over the edge in uh, probably the, the previous five years before they started uh, building. But so I kind of knew it was coming. Now to the degree um, of success that I see now and the rapid uh, sale of sales of homes in those both those subdivisions is beyond my expectations. Um, they are they are selling so fast in both those uh, communities um, and it's it's uh, it's it's really uh, and there's going to be other communities that are going to be starting out there as well. So it's not going to be just those two, but it it has been surprising. Now to the layperson that really didn't know all this was going on behind the scenes, and all of a sudden you see Riverstone start exploding out of the ground, and then shortly followed shortly thereafter by Tesero Viejo. Yeah, it probably did take a lot of people by surprise. So your role is the with the Madera EDC, Economic Development Commission. You're the executive director of that. What are some of the things that you do in that role? 
Well, the, the main role that people like to hear about is attraction of new business, both on the industrial, in the industrial market and the commercial market. We do a little bit of office, but Madera County is really known for a lot of office space. So we don't really get too heavily involved in office, but most of our focus, we have a heavy focus on industrial and commercial development and recruitment of businesses to our area. The other area of that we work heavily uh, the arena we work heavily in that isn't quite as sexy, if you would, um, that people don't really like to hear about when I'm giving reports or speeches is about uh, retention and expansion. But we're working with several local companies right now on major expansion programs. And when you have a company expand that's already in your, your community and, and they're going to expand and add 50 jobs or 60 jobs, that's like attracting a new company. So we work heavily uh, with that. We, we stay close in close contact with all our, our local uh, businesses, especially our industrial and manufacturers. So you're seeing the housing growth in Madeira, as we talked about a few minutes ago. Are you also seeing business expansion as well? It's, it's, we're seeing some business expansion on the commercial side. Let me put it that way. On the commercial side, which is where the, the general public tends to focus, is, is been, um, I don't want to say, it, it's been okay. It's been, you're, see, you're starting to see uh, when COVID first hit in uh, March of 2020, everybody hit the brakes. But, um, uh, then uh, you started seeing the, some of the national brands after they caught their breath a little bit, kind of got the feel of what was going on. As COVID has started to retreat a little bit, um, they're starting to get back in the market a lot more aggressively. Um, some of your bigger ones are a little bit slower, but um, you know your smaller ones, we're, start, we're seeing a lot of placements on those. And, but on the other hand, we're also seeing a little bit of fallout, too, from, from COVID. So let's continue and talk about COVID a little bit more. You have a lot of contact with the business community, the commercial community, in your role that you do. Um, is COVID or did COVID really impact businesses? And here's why I asked the question, because um, a lot of people who are not familiar with the business world think, oh, federal government just gave them millions. And so they're not doing too bad. But really talk about the mom and pops or the commercial uh, businesses out there a little bit. Yeah. And, and the, the term the mom and pop, I think those are the people that really, really got uh, devastated by COVID, particularly if you're in some kind of uh, 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 service type uh, it, business or restaurant business or anything related to tourism. As you know, Eastern Madera County relies heavily on tourism. Their whole economy is tourism based mm -hmm. up there. Um, so we had a lot of people really struggling up there. Now, when they talk about, you know, all these different loan programs and, and the federal government giving away all these, you know, trillions of dollars, um, that's, you know, true. It's trillions of dollars over, you know, spread out over the entire United States. Um, and there was some money, but, you know, the, the smaller business people, did they get some? Yeah, they got some. But, you know, when you have to close your business down for eight, nine months, 
um, you know, five thousand or ten thousand dollars is not going to, uh, you know, make you well when you're having to continue to pay your rent and you continue to have to pay, you know, ongoing bills that that keep coming at you, uh, and that you don't know exactly what the future holds. You don't know how to, you know, you start seeing signs of improvement, but then you don't know. You know, we saw signs of improvement, and then we saw, you know, saw COVID get you know, raise his ugly head. So these merchants are, you know, starting to stock up and then all of a sudden they're closed down again. So uh, it's, it's been particularly hard on the smaller business. Your, your big national change chains, um, they're, they're doing fine. They got, they got to stay open. Most all of them got to stay open through, through this. And so, you know, they're, they're doing okay. Uh, on the industrial side, uh, the industrial market pumped the brakes, you know, when COVID first hit, but the industrial market has just exploded uh, since then, starting about April, May of 2020, it's just exploded. And e-commerce has accelerated, uh, you know, they, they predict that, that e-commerce was accelerated by seven to 10 years uh, because of COVID. So um, people are changing their buying habits, which also mm -hmm. puts pressure mm -hmm. on fulfillment centers and distribution and so forth. You know, what's interesting as you talk about that, I'm glad you went there because I would have never thought five years ago, even three years ago, that I would be in my home office recording a television and radio show because I felt that, you know, the studio was where all this magic happens. But here we are, as I'm recording this, I'm in my home office. So I could imagine that for businesses and industri industries and, and all the different uh, business owners, you know, there's some changes that they had to make to adapt to this kind of new world. Do you see technology continuing? I do. Um, you're going to see uh, work patterns change, um, especially in your metropolitan areas like your Bay Area, your LA area. Um, <clears throat> But let me put in a big but with that. With that said, um, we're sensing a lot of people are starting to say, you know what, we need to start coming back to. Um, I think you'll start seeing some of the bigger companies experiment with um, remote work. But I think you'll also see them keeping a close eye on productivity. And if productivity starts dropping off at all, they're going to start requiring more and more people to come back into the office. So, uh, and then the other thing is talking to some of the brokers in the, in the big areas, in the metropolitan areas, we call on them, you know, almost once a month, um, that what they're saying on the office side is that most businesses, when they move into a new office, would lease about 25% excess space because they anticipate growth and they don't want to have to keep moving. It's a very... It's a, it's a challenge to move a, a company. So what they're saying now is they're going to start seeing some scaling back on that. And, and when they move back into an office or they change offices, you might see instead of that 25%, you might see a five to 10%. So it's putting pressure on, on your office markets um, in, in your bigger areas. You are listening to San Joaquin Spotlight, a public affairs program broadcasting on CMAC. Comcast Xfinity 93, AT&T UVerse 99 in the Fresno Clovis area, but also on radio, talk radio, 1550 KX EX. Our guest is Mr. Bobby Kahn. He is the executive director of the Madera County Economic 
Development Commission. He's also on the board of State Center Community College District. And I want to talk about now your other role um, as trustee of the State Center Community College District. You know, I ran for office last year and I ran for one of the seats and I learned so much in the process about State Center that made me say, wow, and really respect that entity. Tell us a little bit about the district you represent. The State Center Community College District has uh, four colleges, fully accredited colleges now, uh, starting with Fresno City, which is the oldest, then Reedley College, uh, Clovis Community College, and then our newest accredited college is Madeira Community College, which was just accredited last June, which was a, a you know a big deal to me since it's in my district and. Uh, I've seen that college grow from just classes at the high school and elementary schools here to moving out to that campus and portables to becoming a fully accredited college. So <clears throat> very thrilled to see that. But we are the umbrella organization that oversees all that, just uh, very much like any other school district um, that oversees like a K K-12 operation, except our operations are all community college based. Um, so we also have centers. We have the Madera Community College in Oakhurst Center, and then we also have uh, a, 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 a career technical education center in Southeast Fresno. But as I say that, we're also growing. Um, so we're building a new campus in West Fresno, which is under construction. And shortly we'll go under construction in Southeast Fresno for a new first responders academy, which will house both the um, police academy, which is way overdue, and our fire academy, which is also needs uh, uh, significant upgrades. So uh, anything to do with community college, uh, both uh, two-year degrees, um, two-year degree to transfer, plus a, a, a just a large amount of uh, certificated certificate programs um, where you go and, and learn a trade, become get a certificate, and then move into the workplace. So we cover everything. And also what's a little bit different about community college is that if you have a high school degree, degree, our doors are open. It's not like Fresno State or any of the other universities where you have to apply and they have the ability to say yes or no to you. We take all comers. You know what I'm I, I I heard about and learned about all the different programs that State Center offers, and I got excited. And by the way, congratulations! I know the Madera accreditation was huge for you, as you said earlier. You represent that area, so I know you were smiling that day when you got the official word that it was accredited. So again, congratulations to you on that. I want to ask you about the growth in Madeira that we're seeing. Is, does that mean that there's gonna be more need for Madeira Community College to maybe grow or, or more demand for classes at Madeira Community College? Yes, and, and before I forget, because I'd be remiss if I didn't say thank you to Dr. Angel Reyna and his staff at Madeira Community College for all the hard work that they put forward to get this thing across the finish line for accreditation. They really did great, great work, and it wasn't an easy task. So I wanted to get that out of the way before I forgot, because they need to have the credit. Um, as far as the growth, uh, Madeira Community College continues to grow. Now, COVID slowed everybody down with uh, student growth, 
but previous to COVID, uh, Madeira Community College was one of the faster growing colleges in the state. And um, I don't know if you read or not, but just a couple weeks ago, we broke ground on what we call academic village number two, which will be adding a, another whole new wing to the college. So we'll be able to offer more classroom space, more lab space. We'll be able to expand our nursing programs and which I know that faculty appreciates, it also provides additional office space for the faculty. So yes, we will need to continue to grow that campus. I see it just growing and growing. Uh, on that same note in Oakhurst, uh, we have plans at the state. Our, our design work has been finished. We're now at, the, uh, at the, the, uh, the Department of State Architectures to get their sign off on our plans to build a brand new campus in Oakhurst. Right now they're, they're on two and a half acres, all portables. We purchased 30 acres uh, just off of Highway 49 uh, in, in the area growth area of Oakhurst. And uh, we will be building a new campus uh, there with a permanent facility, not portables. So a lot of growth, but uh, yeah, Madeira Community College, uh, we anticipate uh, continued growth. And for the record, I wanna just disclose that my wife actually attended Madeira Community College and found it so convenient. I mean, the campus is beautiful. I went out there um, one time to pick her up. And so she really, access to the school was easy, classes, access was easy. She enjoyed the professor. So when I, I saw the, the beautiful campus there, I saw what experience she had. And I knew right away that this is really a goldmine for the area. And, you know, we live in Fresno, but the 99 makes it so convenient to go to Madera Community College. Let me ask you about the relationship between Fresno and Madera. How crucial is it to have good relationship with Fresno as we're neighbors. Yeah, and, and I've always, you know, coming into this job almost 20 years ago, when I came into this position as executive director of the, the Economic Development Commission, I came in here with an idea of regionalism. And, you know, I feel the same way, you know, at State Center Community College that, you know, we, you know, I don't represent, my area is Madera, but I'm, I sit on the State Center Community College District Board of Trustees which means I'm committed to the entire district. I wanna see Fresno City succeed, Reedley, uh, Clovis, Madera, and all of our centers succeed and all of our students succeed. Uh, the same thing on, on the economic development side, we are a very active member in what's called the Central California uh, Valley Economic Development Corporation, which is a regional eight county group. And we do a lot of marketing together. It's a way for us to leverage marketing dollars so that we're not all going to the same trade show and all spending that same $10,000, $12,000 to go there. We go as a group. We market the San Joaquin Valley. As the leads come in, we have a consultant that follows up on them. The leads, she then uh, puts the leads out to us so nobody's seen them first. Uh, we have a great working relationship with all the economic development organizations from um, from uh, San Joaquin County on the north down to Kern County on the south. And I'm happy to say that every one of the directors um, up and down the valley, I can all call friends. You are listening to San Joaquin Spotlight, a public affairs broadcast airing on CMAC, Comcast, Xfinity, 
93, AT&T U-verse 99 in the Fresno Clovis area. It's also broadcasting in the Valley on Talk Radio 1550. KXEX. Our guest this week is Bobby Kahn. He is a trustee with the State Center Community College District, but he also is the executive director of the Madera County Economic Development Commission. Mr. Kahn, I want to ask you a little bit about why did you decide to run for trustee of the State Center Community College District? Well, what I saw was, this is dating back several years, is, is as the recession was hit, hitting the, the central San Joaquin Valley in the nation, um, that th- what they were doing with Madera Community College, it was a center at the time, is they were really just um, pulling all the classes out of it that weren't remedial. They were really basically turning it into a remedial center, which in my opinion um, was, was really damaging to our area and the students of our area. So I just felt that you know, we needed to change direction there um, you know, community college and, and job training is critical to the job that I do here as, as uh, an economic development person. So I thought, you know, I've always been one that, you know, I won't sit on the sidelines and, and complain. So what I do is I get involved. So I thought, okay, if I want to really see things change, you need to get involved. And the way you get involved is you run for office. So I gave it my best shot, was elected, and you know here I am, you know, seven years later and still serving. And actually, to tell you the truth, kind of like you, the more I've, the longer I've sat on this board, and the more I've learned, the passion of community colleges and the students we serve, it just grows in my heart. And I want to just remind our audience that the work on as trustee on the state center board. I mean, it's it. They say it's not a full time job, but it could be. And and you're not doing this for any pay benefits or anything like this. This is a real dedicated role to give back to the community because you know the hours are long. You know, you sit reading agendas, so it's not like you know one like the council seats where it's more permanent job. You know, a little bit higher pay. These are not, this is really people wanting to give back to the community and give back to education. So thank you for that service on the board and your work at the EDC in Madera County. Let's talk a little bit about State Center. So COVID kind of changed things, classes went online, but how is the budget? You know, one of the things that I kept an eye on is the budget and, and had federal funding not come through what that would look like. But in your opinion, how is the budget? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, we, excuse me, uh, we've had some budget reviews um, and it's been kind of a, a roller coaster, if you would, because as COVID hit, everybody's project, projecting these huge deficits, which of course has a, a direct impact on us. Um, the state started announcing deferrals, which means that they're not, they're saying that, well, they're obligated by law to pay us a certain amount of money, but they just weren't going to pay us on time. So the money say that they owed us in in February, they weren't going to pay us until July or August of that year. So it puts you behind in all your payments. Um, luckily, uh, our, our district has been well run for many years and has been a fiscally conservative district that's done very well 
and keeping uh, adequate reserves. So even with deferrals, we were in a position where we could self-fund ourselves through that. We had enough set aside that we would not have to go out and borrow money. A lot of school districts throughout the state had to go out and borrow money to make it through this deferral period. Now, is you know that's legal and it, and it happens during these hard times. It's happened in the past, but it, they also have to pay interest on that money, so it's it's costly to them. So that's one thing. Now to bring it fast forward in the current times, you know we're starting to see this big influx. Now we got this huge. Uh, surplus yeah <laughs> and, and it's going to be you know it's, it's interesting how the, the governor is going to do things and to be quite honest i i feel that we're going to be okay uh, i'm hoping that that the governor uses common sense and pays down some of the state liability on retirement plans to take that burden off of uh, public entities especially local school districts uh, community college districts uh, cities and counties um, to give them a breath on that. So uh, I think that fiscally we're going to be okay. Um, we're going to have a, a, another update soon. So I can answer that question better in a couple of weeks, but I'm sure you'll be keeping an eye on it. So you'll, you'll know about it too, but <laughs> the, the, to conclude a long answer to your question, I think we're going to be okay. So, you know, as you can tell in my background, there are maps and a handmade map that my boy did uh -huh. I've got three kids and education is important for me. And it doesn't matter, you know, for me, it's great. Four-year degrees are great, but there are a lot of people who four-year degrees may not be the, the route for them. It's more, they like to use their hands, vocational training type programs, technical type programs. Do you have those kind of programs in Madeira? Absolutely. Um, in fact, we're very proud to uh, announce that we have the Center for Advanced Manufacturing. Um, and then the first building that was built under, um, under uh, our, our bond, um, Measure C, was a new building on the Madera campus, which is now called the Ag Tech Building, which is a, a, a technical ag, ag technology training uh, center. So it, it's like, it's not like the old days where you they take kids out and teach them how to prune vines and work on, on uh, lawnmower engines. They're teaching them in that facility, they're teaching them state-of-the-art ag technologies, computers and robots and, and drones and what have you. In the Center for Advanced Manufacturing, they're teaching them uh, uh, welding and uh, electronics and uh, maintenance uh, mechanics, which is goes across uh, many lines of expertise that you have to have to be a maintenance mechanic in a large uh, manufacturing facility. So we are, you know, very well in tune with that. We also have, you know, our nursing program there too, which is, you know, a little bit different. It's a little bit more professional, but um, the, yeah, we are highly focused on that. And you're so correct that there are students that, you know, they, they're not interested in a four-year degree. You're, you're not going to make them get a four-year degree, but they, they do want to work with their hands and they can make a very nice living mm -hmm. um, doing that type of work once they're certificated, trained, and get back out in the workforce. Mr. Khan, I can talk to you for hours and hours about this stuff. I see your passion and I, you know, you're at the passion about education and businesses, but we're here out of time this week on the program. I'd like you to give 
your contact information to anybody who wants to learn more about not only the State Center Community College, but, you know, maybe there are people wanting to open a business in Madeira, seeing the growth. How can they get a hold of you? And, uh, you know, should they give you a call? Yes. And please call me uh, about anything, about business in Madeira or about State Center Community College. My, my uh, business phone is area code 559-675-7768. And my cell phone number is 559-916-6060. And, uh, and, and in today's day and age, if you call in, uh, call my cell phone number. And if I don't recognize the number, I'll usually let it go. So please leave a message because otherwise I usually won't return the call because I get so many telemarketers. But uh, feel free to give me a call. Um, my email address is B as in boy, con, K-A is in Apple, H is Henry, N is in Nancy at Madera County, E-D-C, edwarddavidcharles.com. Thank you so much for joining us this week and good luck to you on all of your endeavors. Thank you, Savag. Thank you for having me. That's all for this edition of the San Joaquin Spotlight. Thank you to the audience members watching this broadcast on CMAC. Comcast Xfinity 93 and AT&T UVerse 99, and also listening to us on Talk Radio 1550 KXEX. Next, tune in next week to a new edition.